And for those of you just getting uh, set on here and, and know already, I do keep that list of committed players on my Twitter. I pinned it. It's the first thing you see. And I did update it today. I was a little behind. I was telling Jackie about losing power and having to get a new modem and, uh, you know, throws you off your your uh, game. So I was a little slow at putting all those up this week, but they are up there. Lots of big commitments. Of course, the one from CSA, uh, the Georgia commit. She's she's up there now. Paisley Allen. She was a big one. Got a couple more big ones coming, but uh, we're just letting you guys all get in and come on. Hey, thanks for the compliments there, Tommy. Appreciate you. I think you were the Georgia that's our loyal uh, Georgia yeah, I listener. Say, I was right going to say, I think he's the Georgia guy. Oh, wait till you see her play, Tommy. Oh, she's fun to watch. So, welcome everybody. Tonight we're going to talk about camps. Oh, boy. What everybody wants to spend their money on. <laughs> uh, and we do, re- we do record these too, Jackie. You might want to share how, how we record them and and uh, any disclaimer for our audience. Sure. So just so you know, the, the space is being recorded, but the only recording that uh, people can see afterwards is just the people who are at, on speaker. So if you come up to talk, you'll be recorded, uh, but nobody can sort of note that you're down here or can see your face that you're here um, at all. It is just for the host, the co-hosts, and the speakers. Um, so if you have any of those roles, then you will be recorded. But if you're just a listener, no one will know you're here. Awesome. Thank you. And she's our, our uh, favorite partner here in crime. She's awesome. Jackie and I are new friends, new friends, but uh, going to be lifelong friends. It's looking like, and then Absolutely. I want to also just state, you guys are welcome to come off and request. You can just request in the bottom left to become a speaker and add comments or, you know, any knowledge or information. We're going to give you a whole bunch tonight. And uh, you know me, I don't always give you just one side of the story. I, I've been known for being hashtag truth recruiting, or this year they're calling me unhinged if you haven't seen my TikTok. So <laughs> have have some fun there. Good. I love it. It's all good. It's okay. We got a comment there below. Oh, yay. Thank you, Steve. And you're welcome to comment. You're welcome to also uh, private message either me or Jackie in our uh, messages if you don't want to come off mute. And um, the friend of mine that I'm going to hype tonight about his camp list said for college coaches on the call, if they want their camp listed, they just um, need to uh, message him directly. So he's he's a good guy and he does it for free. But I'll tell you all about it. So we are just about to go. I love, I love sitting in a minute, but I am a prompt person because we're going to end on time because I've got a team call tonight for a hope, hopefully a new team. And uh, then we have a, a board meeting tonight. So we do a lot of, a lot of things at night. So, all right. Well, I am Sherry Nardine. I'm the owner of Collegiate Sports Advocate, and we are trying to host this every uh, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. The timing has been great. I used to ho- co-host with another company um, in the spring in April and May and had a, a partner named Kama that was on with me. And it was just hard to get college coaches to be speakers. It was, I mean, I spent, you know, a day and a half every week 
uh, coordinating and getting coaches to come on. And then there's all kinds of NCAA rules. So, you know what, we just decided to do it on our own. And I found this great partner named Jackie and I'll let her come up and introduce herself. Absolutely. And thank you. Yes, I am Jackie Wins. I'm from New Jersey. I'm a former two-sport NCAA athlete in soccer and lacrosse. Uh, if you can't tell from my picture, but uh, I am highly invested in Sooner sports um, and in with recruiting as well in softball. Um, I also do gymnastics now, soccer and football. So I'm highly invested in the multiple routes of recruiting for the NCAA. And she is a wealth of information. So I see you again, a lot of our, our uh, weekly listeners. So we welcome you and we would just love for you to invite more. It really helps uh, just spread the word on what we do and be able to educate you guys the best we can. Again, I'm a, a recruiting service. I've currently got, oh my gosh, my numbers are insane this week. Uh, we are 700 and uh, uh, sorry, 441 committed, and we're currently working with 874 kids. So, little selfless or uh, shameless plug here that we are literally the number one recruiting service in the country for softball. I would love other sports, but it's really, really hard to find people that are just this diehard and dedicated like Jackie and I. But uh, Jackie has another career also. And uh, we're going to cover a few things here tonight. So, we're going to why camp, right? Why? Let's talk camps is softball is our title. And I always ask people, why are you going to camps? What's your purpose? And being a recruiting service, uh, it's important that they do get exposure, but there's a lot of things you need to ask yourself. So I started doing a lot of research on this topic because I have some strong opinions about it, depending on your age, depending on your talent level and depending on what you're trying to get out of it. So um, I'll be happy to share a lot of those, but I listen to the baseball uh, podcasts a lot and they're usually on Sunday and Monday nights. And, you know, I just heard a coach that just sung to my heart and I'm going to, I'm going to give him a credit here, but the head coach at Belmont university, he just said, don't come to my camp unless you know you can play for me because it's a waste of my time too. And I thought, Ooh, that's pretty gritty, but that is really what you should be doing. You should be going to camps where you know you can play, where you're trying to get an opportunity to get in front of the coach that you would not normally get. So we've always at CSA, we flip it. We say, get the coaches to come see you play first and then get invited to their elite camp. And if y'all don't know, they do have elite camps. It doesn't come on email. It doesn't come, you know, to your email in a spam format with a little uh, barcode on it because they use some mailing service to get to you. It comes because they seen you play or somebody with a credible voice like myself or your travel ball coach says, this kid can play at this level and you should see them. And I think parents get led astray a lot that they should just be going out and every weekend going to any and every camp. So I'm going to give you some numbers here, and then Jackie, you just you just come off mute anytime you want to add because I've got a sounds lot, good. I've got a lot here tonight. There's approximately 1,650 colleges. How would you possibly be able to spend the money to do that? So most people do what we did. We did it this way. We went to Patty Gessa's camp when we first moved to Texas. Right, my kid got offered out of probably a hundred plus kids there an opportunity to come back for a visit. That was in 2007, people. 
it doesn't work like that anymore. And of course, my daughter had come with a couple championships under her belt and could play at that level and ended up playing in the Big 12 for Kansas. So, you know, we didn't get it from that way, but it is a lot different now because of the numbers of student athletes that play the sport. When we first moved to Texas, there was five travel ball teams. Now there's 168 in one tournament each each weekend. The numbers are astounding. And so back to the camps, if you are, this is my recommendations. If you're in the seventh and eighth grade, go to camp, go have fun, go learn, go investigate, go um, see the campus, learn drills, uh, hone in on your skill. But after that, I think you have to be very strategic. And I think you have to know where you can play and how to spend the money. And then what's your purpose? If you're going to camp, then go to a, I like Wasserman. I like uh, the real high-end technical trainers, the Jen Schroeder. She helped me start my catcher training uh, back in the day. You know, Amanda Scarborough, uh, Megan Denny. These are the type of clinicians that you would get more money or more value out of your money than you would camping if you're really trying to improve your skill. And I'm not saying the colleges don't teach great skill. Of course they do. But they're doing it in a very small time frame in very, you know, groups of student athletes. It's rarely one-on-one. And so I don't think just one attendance in a camp like that would get the kind of advancement that you need or that you should be investing in. So any thoughts so far, Jackie? It's just interesting um, to hear from the softball side. You know, it it is, I feel like all, right, all female sports have become so saturated. It is so important to know where you can play. And if for some reason, and sometimes this, I do get this question, well, how do I know, right? Um, you will start to know, especially if you go to camps in seventh and eighth grade, you know, as you get invites, uh, you know, as you go through the process, your coaches will sort of let you know uh, where you go or your contacts, right, will let you know where you can play, who is contacting you. Um, but it, yeah, I absolutely agree. While you're in middle school, right, that seventh and eighth grade, I think it's important to go and get that exposure. Um, but as you go to high school, it's really important based on, you know, whether it be division or conference, you start to hone that down. Excellent. And so I always say, ask yourself, what's your purpose? What's the purpose of going to that camp? And are you with the right age group for the for the purpose of that camp? So um, back to the baseball guys, you know, he's like, don't show up at my camp where I'm only got 40 kids on on campus and you're a kid who can't play at our level. It, you know, it doesn't serve the purpose of what they're trying to do. So college coaches do have elite camps and they'll name a lot of their camps elite just to get you to sign up, but it may not be the real elite one where they're really trying to narrow down their target of who they're actually recruiting so that they get a better look and they get it in a group of like athletes. And I can tell you from our uh, client base with CSA that there is legitimately the high-end college coaches have specific camps that they invite and it's very specific and you'll see it sometimes in a public environment and you'll see them working with a group of kids in one station. And it's, it's pretty awakening once you know that, you know, they have to have a way to get hands-on with these student athletes. So I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm just saying there's a time and a place and an age when you should engage in it. And um, my good friend, Mike, is on here. His name's Coach Mike. And I, I would um, 
offer that any of you guys are welcome to come on mic. All you do is request to speak and then also friend us, uh, Jackie, our co-host here. And Mike, Mike's a good person to know because he actually has a list called uh, it's www.softballcamplist.com. And uh, I did retweet it and tag Mike on his Twitter and the camp um, address so that you can find it. But he goes out of his way to try to list every camp, including school camps, uh, specific school camps and multi-school camps. So Mike and I uh, both sit on the Texas Glory Board and have worked together since, you know, gosh, 15 years now since we moved here to Texas. He had a daughter that uh, played at the highest level and is now out there coaching. So um, great friend, but also a very, very good resource and valuable uh, resource for all of you that are looking for camps. So on that note, I'm going to tell you why colleges host it. So again, they host a, a camp on their uh, their campus so that they can attract student athletes to come see the campus, you know, experience it, but they're also looking to make money. And a lot of people say, well, is it a money grab? Well, no, it's not a money grab if it's the right fit for you and if you're attending the right camp at the right time. And you'll see them do different types of camp. I mentioned before that my daughter is a Division three coach with Hardin-Simmons out in Abilene, and they have a kid's camp. And I'm telling you, they have the most fun. They shoot uh, color dye at each other and water guns and they have slip and slides, but they actually do softball too. And they get a hundred plus kids at it in the summer and they have a blast, but they're doing softball, but they're also having fun. And they do put an age you know, requirement or a range on it so that you know that it's something fun and it's really not the recruiting camp. So I always encourage college coaches to be very specific about what you're, what you're labeling it. If you label it elite and then you spam, you know, 300 kids across the country, that's not very elite. And I actually called out a coach on it this year and I'm not going to put my name out there, but said, Hey, are you really inviting these kids? Cause there's 40 of them just in my database. Um, or is this a, you know, very targeted, um, you know, camps so that you can identify your recruits. So um, those of us that are in the business part of camping, we understand the difference. I'm just trying to educate you guys tonight. So a couple questions I said is, you know, what's the age group? Make sure you're going to the age appropriate camps. Go when it is recruiting if you're recruiting. And I would say that's ninth grade and 10th grade. And then understand your talent layer. You know, I put this thing on my presentation when I'm talking to our student athletes about getting ready for camps. And it's, you know, don't don't hurt your kid. Don't don't automatically put your kid in a place where they get there and they go, oh, I'm not very good because you put them in a place where you want them to play or they want to play, but it's not their talent level. So this little meme I have says, stop hurting your own children by doing what you want to do rather than what's right for them. And that's a tough lesson as a, as a parent because, you know, you want to see, hey, is this the right opportunity? I think kids know better than the parents or us because they can self-sort themselves. And this is a funny story since Jackie's a big OU person. I, she knows I used to coach Lauren Chamberlain. And we had a 10 and under team that I'm telling you six of them went pro. They were just unbelievable. And, you know, there was a lot of ruffle from the family about the, the batting net lineup. And I said, fine. I, so I handed each of the kids 
all 12 of them had a lineup. And when they handed me back the lineup, the rule, the, the exercise was put the best hitter at the top, just go one, two, three, all the way down to 12. And nobody's going to know. I'm not going to tell your friends. And we literally looked, me and my co-coach, and we started laughing. It was 100%, one through 11, and 11 and 12 were flip-flopped, you know, depending on, on the sheet that came in. The kids know. They even know it, knew at 10 years old who was the best top to bottom. So, you know, that's a lot of what I think the mindset and, and mental things that are happening now. I think we drag our kids through things thinking we're doing the right things, but it's real exhausting. So I had another... Um, commitment that's going out to Cal Baptist uh, later today when she announces it and just seeing her face on zoom when I said hey you don't have to go to any more camps and you don't have to go do any more emailing and she just is exasperation across her face so you know when they're really in it and they're really trying hard it is very very emotionally draining and it's exhausting so I would say less is better and um, be targeted so Jackie yeah, I have a question actually for you uh, within the softball world, just based, you know, I was looking throughout the room. Now, let's say you are you're a one of those top tier athletes and you get uh, a few different elite camp um, invites. How do you know how to decipher between which elite? Is it just who you're interested in or do you like how does one athlete go through that um, to, to pick? That is a great question. It usually comes from them being seen by the coach while they're playing. It doesn't come sight unseen. They, the college coaches know who they're targeting. They're coming to your game. They're watching. Uh, we had uh, an elite event here in Texas this last weekend where we had a very small group of travel ball teams that came and played and we had coaches show up and we got a list at the end because they're allowed to say who they like. They're allowed to invite them to camp and they're allowed to invite them to fill out a questionnaire. And we got a list at the end Here's who I want at my elite camp. And that that's why they know before. And, and that answers the question of when September 1st comes, wow, why do these kids come off the board so fast? They, you know, they barely even seen the campus. They might have had one um, uncommitted or un, uh, unofficial visit, or they might've taken one official visit and they pick. And that's because they've been doing the right things. I say in, for two years, I like eighth graders and ninth graders because it gives me time to kind of adjust them, you know, evaluate their level of play, evaluate where their team plays, understand their talent, listen to the coaches, right? I listen to the coaches. I say, coach, what do you think of this kid? Uh, I've had sat out. I had one coach say that kid will never pitch in college. And I'm like, what? Like I, I get maybe not power five, but never anywhere. And she's like, no, well, that kid's a big time power hitter. I don't want to call her out because I, I let it be her story but she is playing she's a 2022 and she is one heck of a ball player but she's not pitching she barely pitched you know other than to contribute in high school when she had to so I listen to that language they're never going to tell the parents that they're you know this kid's hitting just surpassed her pitching talent and to get that kind of information is what I think is very valuable from either somebody like us or your travel ball coach and I'll flip that around, Jackie, because I've seen a lot of travel ball coaches go, oh, no, no, this kid is big time D1. They call me and they ask me for phone numbers and I just cringe like, oh, man, that I don't see that kid going there. But and it's because many people don't see the layers across the nation. They only see their local community or the couple local tournaments they go to. And, you know, I have to be bold here, but 
I think California, Texas, and Georgia, Florida still hold the lion's share of depth of talent. It doesn't mean the Midwest and the Northeast isn't talented. They just don't have the depth of it. So you don't see a tournament where you have, you know, 30 teams going head to head that on any given day can beat each other by one run. So if you haven't seen that, then you don't know that your kid's not at that layer. So hopefully that answered that, Jackie. Oh, no, absolutely. It's it's just really interesting to see uh, the dynamic, right? Because I could imagine being a parent and an athlete and, and receiving all of these camp letters right? and trying to decipher. But yet, you know, being told different things, it's confusing, right? Like, it's, oh, yeah. yeah, just to navigate. Well, and I have a, another funny checklist way that we do it is uh, the student athletes all copy me on their emails, uh, incoming and outbound. And yeah, it's a lot during this time of year. But what, the, what it happens is I see the ones that are spamming a whole bunch of people. So if you email these certain schools, they're immediately going to reply with a camp invite and everybody gets excited. Mom and dad, hey, this school just sent a, a camp invite for my daughter. And I'm like, it's so far out of the region. It's so far out of anything where this coach will ever see this kid play. You know, they haven't even done an ACT or an SAT score yet. Why would you go to that camp if you can't even academically exist there? So that that's my push again on early testing. Just get a stake in the ground so you know you're in the right lane. But man, they get on airplanes and they fly across the country to the biggest camps in the country. And you're just thinking, whoa, man, I wish I had that kind of endless cash flow. But it's because they believe this email that comes out looking very personal and says, dear Jackie, we, you know, we'd like to invite you to our elite camp. And it's very personal until you see 10 or 15 on the same day in my inbox because they copied me on it. So that's one of the ways that we've kind of edited out. And then, you know, it's, it's eight years of experience of understanding where they recruit from. And I, and I love this one. Uh, one of our friends is the assistant coach at Cal State Fullerton. And he said, Sherry, for me to get a kid from Texas would be almost double my my scholarship spend and I said well what do you mean and he says well we have a western educational consortium that we share out-of-state tuition with 11 western states Texas is not one of them and I'm like oh I get it so he goes at this time it was a long time ago he said I'd spend $38,000 to get a Texan and I would spend 18 for a local kid and then when you understand that and you say to your kids, why are you getting on an airplane and going to a camp that you can't, you can't or won't likely ever get recruited at? So I think it's important to, to understand those things. And yet, you know, I rep a ton of kids in the, in the West. So I tell them that's their advantage. They should be going to camps that are in the West that would see them that have relationships. That's the other one, Jackie these relationships that these coaches have with travel ball coaches is very, very elite. And it's very um, in depth. They've spent years building it and they'll call up and they'll say, Hey, send me your three best players. That happens a lot. That doesn't mean that they saw your kid and liked your kid, but the two of them are saying, Hey, this is a kid who could potentially play at our level and we want to vet him out. And the college coaches want to have a good camp with good talent in order to attract additional good ca- good talent. I hope I hope you followed that one. <laughs> yeah, no, so that's I mean that even is a dynamic that is just mind blowing. It's interesting because back in the day, right, you used to get like you knew it was serious because it was a handwritten letter or you know a phone call or you know you had they you know you set up a phone call with them and and you knew. Um, where now it, it's it's a little bit easier. It feels like to be duped in a way. Yeah. 
and, and the personal one still happens. You know, they can still personally invite them. Um, and especially after they open it up for division one or division two, you know, the restrictions of when they can and can't talk to them, then they, they absolutely can, you know, reach out to them. And you, you see a lot of Twitter DMS now. And yet I had a young lady today say, well, what should I say back? Well, she's not, she's a class of 26. She can't say anything back. She can't even say thank you because they're not allowed to interact in that way. The same goes for Twitter. They can DM them all day long, inviting them to camp, but there's no interaction allowed back until uh, September 1st, their junior year. So I really believe the, you know, the fishing camping where you're really testing the waters really happens in seventh and eighth grade just seeing where your kid is trending and tracking. And then you got to get a little bit more targeted in eighth and ninth grade, 10th grade, you got to be on the money. And that's when the money, I recommend the money really be spent because that's when they come up. Our, our top talented kids didn't have enough weeks in the summer to go to the elite camps that they could have played for. So then we had to do a little uh, narrowing it down and saying, Hey, Let's look at your academics. Let's look at whether or not you would really play there and whether or not the coach will have any traction in seeing you develop for two years. So uh, I think a lot is on these these travel ball coaches to have to really understand if they'll be able to develop that kid to play at that level and play against the talent necessary to compete there. Um, I know a lot of college coaches, you know, their assistants. This is a, this is a hard one because, of course, my kid came up through the grad assistant program. These grad assistants don't get money. The only money they get is from camp money, and I mean that's that's tough when you go out and you go four years to college, you come out with an MBA, and all of a sudden you need to make an income. And so there, you know, there is a push there, and there's some heart there, but I I think it's got to be within reason. One of my favorite coaches in the Missouri Valley Conference. I won't name her name, but she says, man, I don't even want to do that. I just feel guilty if I did a camp larger than 40 and without very specifically inviting very specific kids. And yet the NCAA makes them put it up on the internet and open it up to the public. And, you know, that's where that Belmont baseball coach said, don't come to my camp if you can't play for me. So um, in a a great rule of thumb there is if they're not showing up, uh, I used to use, you know, Florida Gators cause I love them. If, if they're not coming to your tournaments ever, and they're not in your region, the likelihood that you'd ever be a Florida Gator is pretty slim. Now, if you want the experience and you have the money and you want to get on an airplane and fly there and go through the camp, I mean, that's a great experience. That's not recruiting. So you got to kind of separate it. Is it experience? Is it um, just exposure for the future of what it's all about. And, and then when do we get serious about it? I mean, people get offended. I, I had to tell one mom, sorry, your kid isn't, you know, it's not happening. The Gators aren't coming. You know, we need to look at other layers. And man, this, this woman was not happy. But at some point, you know, you're hurting your kid again by dragging him through. And then they don't get the phone call on September 1st or 2nd or at all in the fall. You know, it, it can be, a, it could actually do, I, my, one of my questions was, does it help or does it hurt? It can actually hurt at that point. And, and I think you just have to be realistic and, and get help, you know, get people that know what they're doing to help you understand. Um, and I always say, I wish I could pick for you. I wish I, I wish I could make the offers. That would be awesome. Right. Uh, it would make my life a lot easier, but the college coaches are the ones that pick. And that's hard for people to think that, 
they're the decision maker. Like my entire company strategy is built around the college coach being the decision maker and serving them. Because if we do what they want, then our student athletes win. And then our student athletes, you know, when the student athlete wins, everybody wins. So um, another question somebody had for me was how many times do you go to camp? And I think you, you got to take a good look around. I would go once and depending on the age and depending on the layer, make a decision on whether or not the spend is right. Because I had one family say, oh, but the coach knows my name. Not just one. I could name 10 families that have said this to me. <laughs> um, but the coach knows my name and they keep inviting me. They really like me. And I'm like, wow, kindness is not recruiting and being reinvited to an experience that they thought you had a great time at. That's, you know, that's a win-win for them too. I mean, one of the coaches said to me, well, you know, we want to provide them this experience and we want to, you know, we were big 12 coaches. We, we think they're coming because they want to learn something from us. And I said, well, that's to a point coach, you know, but when they're in that recruiting age group, I mean, I want kid shed tears and say, but I don't understand. I've been to that camp since I was in the fifth grade and then they didn't get recruited and ended up going to a JUCO nearby and still didn't transfer in at that level. And that's just, you know, that's got to be a reality check at some point. Um, again, you guys are all welcome to um, click to request to ask questions because you know me, I could keep on going. I have a, another topic that will hopefully bring up some thoughts. Um, about camping, but you are welcome to come on. And of course, uh, friend Jackie and I up on our Twitters, we, we love the interaction. So this one's always controversial. And I'm a marketing person, don't get me wrong, spent 28 years in sales and marketing. Why do we post camp photos? You know, I look around the baseball side, I do multiple sports. I don't see football posting camp photos, putting their arms around the coaches. I don't see it in baseball. I think somebody started it once in softball and it looks cute. And then the Joneses do it and the Smiths do it. And that travel team over there does it. And everybody just jumps on. And I ask people all the time, why do we post camp photos? And there's some, I call it delusional, um, understanding that somehow that's going to make a coach more interested in them. And I am going to guarantee you, it does not make them more interested in you going to a camp that one, you either got invited to or not, we can't tell, and, and you can't put it up there on the picture. Yes, I got invited. Um, you have to understand that the college coaches already know who they're recruiting. So by you going and posting a camp photo doesn't make them go, oh, maybe I missed on Susie Smith over there going to my competitor's camp. Because I, I think we underestimate the quality and the, the knowledge that these coaches have. That was my TikTok today, just how knowledgeable these coaches are. Jackie, speak up. Let's go. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> I, I was like, oh, man, I got this one here. Um, and I think we brought this up in the one with the social media a little bit, too. But, you know, it is important, right? You are your own businesswoman at this current moment, right? So it is important that you play your hand well. Right. If you already show everyone who you're talking to, right, and everyone you're interested in, and then, you know, oh, well, they put this photo up at this camp, but they didn't do it at my camp. Are they more interested in them? You start to then have more questions asked rather than answered. Um, so it's important that you, you identify the fact that 
you know what? Oh, they're keeping their recruitment nice and tight. Uh, you know, if they're showing interest in me, cool on a one-on-one conversations. But sometimes when you, when you play too much, um, you end up pushing yourself out of the sandbox. So you don't want to end up, you know, hurting yourself more than helping. That is great insight. And, you know, I'm just living through the debt, da- not the, downside in in a negative way but man from september till now you know we can barely catch our breath but the amount of information that people give out that other parents are like oh this kid you know she plays my kid's position but she's at this camp and that camp and they said you can even see it from uh snapchat apparently has some kind of find me follow me feature where they can actually see where that kid is and i'm thinking oh my God, we're giving out so much information. They knew a particular student athlete that is, you know, vying for the same, basically the same positions that this kid was, was at a particular camp in a particular city. And you're just like, whoa, you know, that information's there. And if a coach is trying to figure out, hey, am I going to be one of those five, um, am I one of those five people that you're going to come visit? And then you're up posting a camp photo of somebody that's not even in your lane did you just push that person off potentially recruiting you and their interest in you? It's possible. And I'm going to guarantee you this year it happened that way. So I, I'm with you, Jackie. I think you got to be very strategic. You have to have knowledge about what the coaches are looking for. You have to understand, you know, what they want in return. And I just got a little message here. I saw a flash across the sidelines HD, my girlfriend. <laughs> Didn't know I was on TikTok. What? <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do all day. So <laughs> I thank you for that. But uh, I, I like to do TikTok because I think it's easier just to just kind of get your message across and get it out to more people. So I am up there too. Um, but I always wonder what the coaches think when you're posting that you just went to a camp. You know, does it help them or hurt them? And I always ask the coaches, what do you think? And the newer coaches or a newer program that's kind of up and coming says, sure, it gives us a little credibility when this five-star athlete, you know, shows up at our camp. Sure, we don't mind it, but that's really for them. That's not for you. So are you helping the college boost their image on your back or are you helping your recruiting and bringing yourself down a notch maybe? So, um that's just some other thoughts, but I, I love the girls. They always look great. You know, they're smiling big and, you know, they got their coach in there. And, and I just think, man, how much money did that mom and dad spend for this summer? And then they have nothing. And then they don't understand why they didn't get recruited, but they had a good time. And so you have to, again, decide, is that, am I having a good time? Am I having a great journey? Are we really accomplishing what we set out to accomplish? So I never take what it is you're trying to do and, you know, we had one dad email us the other day and just said, look, you know, this is, you know, we're having a good time doing this and that. And, you know, we're not that serious about it. And we're like, hey, good, you know, great. If that's your route, then, you know, we we temper our model directly to what the student athlete needs. And if they want that model, then we're going to help them out in that way. But it's, you know, you have to know your purpose. You have to know the age group, how many times to attend. What do the coaches think? Are you really getting invited? You're going to know the difference. When you go to an elite camp or one that they really wanted you at, you are going to know the difference. And any of you that are out there that have been student athletes want to uh, give a little high five on that one. I, I know you know because you've experienced it. And, you know, that's what you're looking for, that coach that is invested in you and likes you. And then then that's worth the camp and it's worth the spin. I also would input 
that part of our decision grid at the end when they're selecting their school is how hard is it to get to that school? The young lady that's um, going to accept um, um, Cal Baptist today, you know, went on a couple airplane trips that were just really tough with weather and delays and across the country. And, you know, that's part of the decision when it came down to it is, you know, how easy is it to get my kid home for Christmas? So I think that's a good experience to do with the camping. Maybe that's what you get out of it is, you know, could my kid really go to the other side of the country and, you know, take these plane rides and and travel trips. And sometimes the plane rides quick, but then you got three hours up a mountain or, you know, up up a different uh, area that doesn't have a lot of hotels. I mean, there's just a lot of things that could happen there. So any thoughts or comments from our audience? You know, we're giving you lots of information. Just curious uh, if you had any other thoughts. Again, oh, I've got a private message here. So let's see what that is. Oh, that was um, uh, my Sidelines HD, which, by the way, I'll give a little shameless plug there. We like their product uh, and uh, they have great videos. So here's another one. Uh, how are some colleges able to offer weekly hitting? Oh, this is a good one. Weekly hitting, pitching, and fielding clinics in addition to their camps. Seems like it gives athletes an advantage in certain regions of the U.S. to have more one-on-one with those college coaches. Oh, that is so awesome. And I'm going to tell you, that's actually good and bad. So here's how come they can. They can have, I'm pretty sure, you might have to double check me on NCAA, but pretty sure they can have three or more student athletes one-on-one with a college coach at a clinician type experience. And a lot of the major colleges do it. Again, they're helping their grad assistants make money. They're getting one-on-one time with you. They're teaching you the best they can. I mean, I mean, hello, some of the best clinicians in the business, right? I, I think that's a great advantage, but for those of you who don't live near a college, I mean, I don't live near a college that would be close enough to do that on a weekly basis. So that would be really tough. And um, on the flip side, let me tell you a couple of times, it didn't help the student athletes because it's a misperception by the family that you've built this relationship in your, I mean, I don't want to quote the kids or the, the programs, but there's two that specifically do this, that it actually hurt the prospective student athlete. One, they got to know their, temperament on a daily basis right that's not always good when you're teenagers right so they see the good the bad and the ugly and they get a real in-depth look at whether or not the kid is is going to make it but you have to keep in mind you're just paying them to be a clinician I don't believe that that's a recruiting opportunity that might be happenstance at the end I, I can't even think of one of my 870 plus that that actually was a benefit to them uh, it, it is lessons. I mean, that part of it is is the benefit that you're getting quality uh, clinician, um, it, you know, information. But I haven't seen it help them in recruiting. So you you don't want to maneuver or manipulate to get those clinicians thinking that that helps you get recruited. It's helping you be a better student athlete in a particular skill that they're teaching you. So I think you have to keep that into perspective. So hopefully that helped you there. I hope that was the message correctly. I'm uh, trying to look at my, here's another one. All right. What if there is a camp at a tournament with multiple colleges? Oh, yay. That's my favorite. If you're trying to recruit, get recruited, and you're going to a tournament that has a multi-school camp, 
And the reason I like those, they are independent companies. You have to know who to trust. And that's where you really want to follow Mike's list. Again, Mike's list is softballcamplist.com. You want to know which are the right camps because there are some that don't do a good job, but the coaches show up just to get a paycheck. But the reason I like it is it does show you who is actually attending that tournament because they usually have either a written or a handshake agreement that if I invite you, Mr. College Coach, to come and be a clinician at my camp, that you'll stay and recruit my tournament. So a lot of tournament directors try to have a multi-school camp at their events. And I tend to recommend them, especially for the younger ones, because that's a great way to see multiple layers because they'll bring in the big schools, the medium schools, the division, different divisions and layers amongst those layers. And then you get a real good um, insight on their talent level and the level of interest from the coach. So hopefully that was a good one, but uh, Kylie, thank you for that. Cause she, she's one of our student athletes and they know what I like. So um, let me make sure I got those all. Here. I do have one thing on the camps. You know, if you are, you know, if you're on this call and you're like, you know, maybe I'm just more of like a D three minded athlete or that's where my level I'm at. Uh, you know, and, and that's awesome. Uh, it's not a bad idea, especially like up by me in New Jersey, right? We have a thousand schools within the radius between the Philly area, New Jersey area. Right. And they hold, multiple camps with multiple coaches, right? If you want to go to one of those camps, one to, you know, maybe gain some more drills, things like that, sort of see where you are and get in front of, you know, coaches eyes. That's fine too. Especially if you're looking for that, because you're going to see a lot of coaches, especially at those D three D two camps where there will be a larger amount of coaches at them. So, you know, to boost a little exposure and sort of see, especially if you're not on any of the larger, um, you know, premier type of travel teams or club teams, um, you know, it's, it's not a bad idea. They're usually not as expensive, um, as well. That's great insight. Cause I am out here in Texas where your universities might be five hours apart. <laughs> so, uh, and I am in the Dallas Fort Worth area and we do have, um, division three here and they are great schools, uh, in our local area and they do have, you know, but honestly, I don't see them host as many camps as I do see the big schools, and most people want to go to the big schools. So there's a little um, de- supply and demand there, I guess you would say. So um, I'm still looking at my messages. If anybody has anything else they want to ask, uh, I'm surprised I didn't get more comments about the camp photos. I usually get, uh, I get a little uh, lashing on that one when I put it out on social media. Um, we used to go up a lot to the Facebook sites and then I just got tired of arguing with that Facebook dad. And it's not one person. I just call them that Facebook person because they, they really like to argue and they are arguing in a place without knowledge. So it's frustrating, but I, I like you guys as an audience. This is awesome that you're all invested and you want to know what to do right and how to do it. Uh, Again, my kids went through it. The last one graduated in 13 from high school. So um, we didn't go through camping this way. We've just watched it unfold you know, within our eyes. And then the other thing, since COVID, we've seen an increase in camps out there. So the attendance numbers are down because they're, they're so spread out. I mean, you could probably find five or six or in Jackie's case, probably 10 in uh, your Metro every week, every day of the weekend. So, um, you know, that, that makes it hard too. So 
I got another question here. What about camps where you have roots? So this is interesting. I had this conversation with a parent today. Um, Is if you have roots, it is something that ties you in. I had another young lady ask me, her parents were from another state and they spent a lot of time up there. When you have that, I think a coach reciprocates and says, this kid wants to come to me. You know, they're human too, right? Why do you want to go to that school when you live eight hours away? So when you have that tie-in, I think it's legitimate. And I think they look for it. Another one of my 24s, uh, she's in uh, Northern California and she's trying to go to school in the, in the South. And, you know, she, the way we teach them to write their emails, this coach said, Oh my God, I'm from Northern California. Oh my God, this kid looks like she's a good fit. And boom, they had a phone call. So, you know, and she's not just going to camp. She's actually going to a workout. So that's actually another thing you might want to know. If you haven't heard of NAIA, which is different than NCAA, it is a different sanctioning body. And they actually, you get to come and actually work out. So I think that's amazing when you get to work out with the team and go through practice. I mean, what a great way to see if that's the right fit. So don't forget about in, in uh, AIA. And then another question is a questionnaire recruiting material. So Yes and no. Some Most schools will use it and request you to fill it out if they're interested in you. So if you get a request or questionnaire, fill it out. Not all schools do it that way, um, but they'll have you fill it out when they're more seriously recruiting you. And I haven't seen this side of it. If there's any coaches out there that want to speak on this, um, my understanding is there's an NCAA portal that they have to track things in and that they have a system in which these questionnaires come into. So it it then becomes kind of their target list of who they're recruiting. Uh, Unless somebody knows differently, that was kind of my understanding uh, from a particular coach that was doing it. But um, I think if you're asked to fill out the recruiting uh, questionnaire, you absolutely should. So fabulous questions. Feel free. Ask more. We love it. This is awesome. Also, shout outs to the athletes in the room because I love the fact, you know, uh, that we have so many. I think it's important that you not only leave the process up, you know, to parents and coaches and services, right? But like, you know, the actual information. I think that empowering yourself with the knowledge is so important because not only are you, of course, paying attention to your sport, but you also want to know what's going on around you. Um, and some good and, you know, credible information. Uh, so kudos to you all. Awesome. And we got another question. Is there a baseball equivalent list to the softball camp list um, that she has both a baseball and softball uh, uh, student athlete? Man, that is a loaded question because they are even more, uh, if this is a nice word, convoluted or in depth with uh, the money aspect of the sport. I mean, we, we manage baseball players too, and we manage them a lot differently than we do our softball. And there are certain camps, but I would never sign up in baseball without 100%. They don't do it as loosey-goosey as we do it, um, but they're more institutional camps. There's like Perfect Game and Five Tool, and they have different events, and there's just – it's so much more um, – I. I have to say it of a money grab, you have to be very, very careful and know exactly what it is. 
um, that you're going after because you could get lost in it. And it's more of a who's who and who do you know and your clinicians and doing all the right things. It is really, really hard in recruiting in baseball. The depth of talent is there. It's There's more in your own high school team that can play than, than the girls. I, I wish I knew the numbers uh, multiplied, but they really only have a few more colleges than softball. And then they roster a lot more for a lot less money. So um, if you want to hit me up for another time uh, directly on this question, I can really help you. Um, so somebody else asked, what are the most important things to include when writing an email? Oh, girlfriend, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and that's, that's very individualized too. So I'm happy to cover that maybe on another conversation because that, that might be the one we do next. What, what do we do for emailing and how do we do it? That's what we designed our whole company around is independent, very personalized um, because it's different for each student athlete. So I hope I'm not being too vague. We're getting great questions. I love it. Here's another one. This is fantastic. Thank you. Can you talk more about uh, when and why to start ACT? Early and often. That's the best one. Uh, appreciate this one. That is a whole nother conversation. We actually had experts on about it. But um, eighth grade, ninth grade, you cannot skip taking a PSAT or a PACT and the actual test in ninth grade, because here's why, especially Texas, especially in the South, we have the, and sorry, Oklahoma, you're in here with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 45th worst test scores in the country, Oklahoma and some of our Southern bordering states are those other five. And some of them aren't even eligible to enter the NCAA. I had one family go away on our teen plan, very angry at us and I told her for a year, stop going to camp and get tutoring. Your student athletes PSAT isn't even going to get them entered into the NCAA. And they went away very, very mad. And it, it's frustrating, but she ended up at a JUCO, which is exactly where she was headed if she would have taken that spend and put it on tutoring, which we have two partners that are spectacular, then and we don't make money on them. This is something we get passionate about referring the right thing. I even have um, mindset people that I refer and we don't get any exchange. I don't even want it. I just want what's right for you guys. Um, the ACT and SAT, if you take it, you need for the females, you need a good score by the end of their sophomore year because division two picks June of, of uh, June 15th, the end of their sophomore year. So they won't write you an offer without knowing academically if you can compete and they get a lot of money from the ACTs and SATs. So that might also be another another conversation because we had um, Dartmouth and um, Donna Papa, the head coach at North Carolina, on um, a Twitter live about that. And I do have a podcast. I have a podcast series. Uh, our website is collegiatesportsadvocate.com. And I'm pretty sure I covered the podcast on that one with our ACT partner. But um, you cannot take it enough. You need to take it as many times as you can post the best score at the end, but that is where a majority of your money comes from. If you have 12 scholarships in division one and seven in division two, uh, that's not a lot of money. And most people are coming in wanting a full ride or assuming that there's a full ride. And another question to follow up on the ACT, SAT, what's the difference? I am not an expert in this one. Um, there is a conversion chart. So I think if you take one or the other, but there's an understanding that if you're math or science, that there's more math or science related questions on the SAT. And my two of my three 
own, my own children uh, did better on the SAT than they did the ACT. So it's pretty similar and it comes out pretty close, uh, but you got to get one. Uh, this is my favorite one. Um, the, there was a prospect that called that um, talked about going to a camp and it was a, a school that needs a 33 ACT to even enter. Oh, but they're going to waive it. Well, how are you going to exist in a classroom? I'm more worried about long-term and about graduating high or college than just getting in to play softball. I think we've lost our direction if we're lowering our standards to just letting them in and waiving the ACT and then having to deal with it with tutoring and then talk about stress in the classroom. I mean, I, I'm a real fan of standardized testing, even if it's not something you do well at. I think it gives an indication of what, where you can do a great job academically. And I know I get a lot of arguments from um, people that are actual educators, and I respect that. Uh, I just got to help you with the matching of your talent and your SATs and ACTs. So hopefully that helped you out there. And I, and I just want to say, like, if, if you're in the room, remember the fact that like you need to pay attention to your academics because at the current moment, and hopefully when you all are out, you know, in years to come out of school, you know, there are differences and, and there is a pathway for you to get paid, right? Like the men do. Um, but at the current moment, there isn't, right? So you need to make sure that you have that education there. So your money should absolutely go more towards, you know, your eligibility, because that means that you need to make sure you can get to school, right? And it also matters because if you do have um, a better SAT score, right, or ACT score, depending on the institution, you may then also get more academic money. So by investing in your education, it can also come out, right, in academic money in college as well um, and, and help you in that way, too. So you don't have to rely um, on, you know, a full scholarship or something like that. It can be partial education and, and partial athletics or, or whatever, um, or maybe full, depending. So make sure that you're paying attention to your education and treat that with, with value as well as your sport. That is fabulous. I love it. Jackie is so full of information. And uh, again, you know, multi-sport athlete who's still involved in, in the sport. And uh, this information, I think, is priceless out to you guys. Such a valuable uh, co-speaker here tonight. Thank you, Jackie. And um, still open for a few more questions. We've uh, got time here. Or if you want to come off mic and, and add anything that you've had experience with. Uh, I see a lot of travel ball coaches on here. I appreciate the audience tonight. A lot of lot of our CSA families. We love that. And uh, some of our loyal listeners, we love you. It's been great. But uh, if you want to hit us up afterwards, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we'll cover emailing and contacting the coaches and what's the right way. Maybe that's the next one. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm giving away all of our secrets, but I, I'll tell you, no matter how much free information we give out, it is very, very difficult to navigate this system by yourself. And that's why I started this company um, 2015. So it's because it's just, I think I counsel the parents more than I do the student athletes, man, just go play your game, you know, be as the top talent that you can possibly be because it will always be talent will dictate. And then the other things will be matching the right institution. And another one is I don't, I don't get the kids focusing on their, their major just yet. Honestly, I don't see them as really, uh, the ones that have graduated, almost half my database has graduated already. And uh, very few of them actually studied what they thought they were going to study. 
And I think you get in the wrong lane a little bit and then you get there. And I think that's caused some portal issues like, Ooh, you know, I, I have one for sure. I know moved because man, the, the institution just didn't provide um, what she decided her major was to be. And I, I think if you go in more general, more of a general look at, um, you know, science or, or, or English or, you know, but to go in and say, I absolutely want to be a marine biologist, that's tough. Um, I have one that does signing for the deaf and it actually, it worked out great. She's at the institution, but boy, it was much, much tougher than any of the other ones because they have to like you for your sport in order to get you there. And then they'll like the educational match on top of it. So we're, we're hoping we do all that for you. Any uh, parting comments, Jackie? Yeah, just so you know, this this all, as I say, this towards the end of each session, it, it, there's always a ton of information and you leave and, and hopefully you took, you know, three or four things to, to walk away with and, and apply as you move forward throughout your recruitment um, and your development. But, you know, it's really important, um, you know, to number one, focus on sort of what I was talking about earlier, education, number one, and sport, number two, um, and keep that as a main focus as you leave and let the camps and things like that. Um, be something that you navigate alongside it. Uh, but overall, no, this was awesome. And, and you provided an amazing amount of information. So I know there's a few people who are messaging with me saying like, wow. Um, so awesome job. Excellent. Thank you so much. And always, uh, we applaud uh, Jackie being here. She's great. She gives this of her free time and just because she's passionate about helping all of you guys. So uh, Sherry Nadine, again, owner of Collegiate Sports Advocate, thanking you guys all for taking your valuable time. And uh, we will see you next week, same time, 7 p.m. Central on this channel. And I think we'll cover emailing. We'll give it a shot. Absolutely. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.